Father Paul Clark, the Order of Preachers. Simply saying the words brings joy to my heart, just as hearing those words uttered must bring a surge of gladness to your family and friends, especially to your good parents who are here bursting with pride and a touch of awe as you offer your first Holy Mass. Congratulations and thank you, Mr. and Mrs. Clark, for providing a home where the Lord is loved, where truth is sought, and where holiness is pursued. It's said that you can judge a tree by its fruit, and to look at your children and to see what they've become and to see what they continue to become, anyone can tell at a glance just what a wonderful family you've built by God's grace. While we're offering congratulations and praising God for his goodness, dear and reverend Father Paul, I'd like to have a couple of words with you. On behalf of my brother priests, so many of whom have gathered together to celebrate your first Mass, we're thrilled with your decision to accept the Lord's invitation and to join us in serving him and his holy church in this singularly marvelous way. But I've got to question your timing. Bishop Barron mentioned yesterday at your ordination, religiosity in these United States is at an all-time low. Sure, most folks will tell you that they still believe in God in some sort of mysterious, vapid way, but their involvement in organized religion continues to decline at a shocking rate. A recent Gallup report shows that only half of Americans claim membership in any church at all, down from 69% only two decades earlier. 50%. Then if we narrow our inquiry into the Catholic Church, you'll find that we are continuing to suffer the shameful effects of the clergy abuse crisis. These self-inflicted wounds constituting an ecclesiastical nightmare from which we seem unable to awake. I can tell you anecdotally from my own relatively brief time as a priest that, yes, in fact, you can tell from the pulpit that maybe not here at the Church of St. John the Beloved, but the number of bodies in the pews is, in fact, decreasing. While at the same time, there's been a pretty sharp increase in the tally of disagreeable encounters with strangers in the streets, ranging from folks just giving you the stink eye in passing to people stopping to berate you, not for anything that you've said or done as a priest, but simply for being a priest. It can all, of course, be incredibly discouraging, and adding to that discouragement is that the whole thing seems to be trending in the wrong direction. So again, Father Paul, I'm excited. We're excited. We're all excited that you've decided to become a priest. But at this time, this time in the history of our country, in the history of our church, 
Are you out of your mind? <laughs> Even in the best of times, the vocation you've embraced has always, always been a difficult and demanding one. Your namesake, St. Paul, knew that better than anyone. His own apostolic life was a catalog of severe hardships and numerous brushes with death. Five times I received 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. On his frequent journeys, St. Paul faced dangers from rivers and robbers, from Jews and Gentiles, dangers in the city, in the wilderness, and at sea. His life of toil and hardship meant many sleepless nights, hunger and thirst through frequent fastings for the churches he founded and led to what he described as daily pressure born out of anxiety for all the church. May the Lord spare you the shipwrecks and stonings, Father Paul. But to be a priest is to experience in your very own flesh so many of the things that St. Paul described. And yet, knowing this full well, you ran towards the sanctuary of that magnificent basilica yesterday, dove prostrate onto the cold marble floor, and presented yourself to the bishop and said, Yes, Please. Are you mad? And the answer to that, my dear friend and brother priest, is a clear and resounding yes. You are mad, in fact. Because to be a priest, to be a good priest, demands that you be mad. And why? Quite simply because that's the way Jesus was. That's the way Jesus is. When meditating upon the love of God made manifest in Christ, our Dominican sister, St. Catherine of Siena, called out to the Lord, O boundless charity, O fire of love, was it not enough to create us in your image and likeness? Was it not enough that when we had fallen in sin, you should create us anew to grace in your Son's own precious blood? Was it not enough that you should then give us yourself as food, the whole of divine being, the whole of God? She asks, what drove you? Answering the question for the Lord, she says, nothing but your charity, mad with love as you are. Father Paul, I remind you this morning with all glory and praise to God that Jesus Christ loves his people madly. He loves us in our brokenness, in our weakness, and in our sinfulness. He loves us when we are repulsive, and find ourselves to be utterly unlovable. 
His compassion and mercy far surpasses the demands of justice, and he pleads for us before God, even as we drive the nails deeper and deeper through his sacred hands, crying out, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they do. That is the madness of the love of Jesus Christ. And if you want to be a good priest, Father Paul, the priest that you want to be, the priest that we need you to be as members of the body of Christ, it must simply be your love as well. The shocking reality of your vocation to the holy priesthood is that Jesus has called you to act as an instrument of his divinity. He wants to reconcile sinners to the Father through you. He wants to feed his starving people through you. He wants to bring healing and hope to people who are suffering and despairing, and he wants to do it through you. He asks if you'll offer your life, your whole life, that he might work through you like a pencil in the hand of an author. He asks if you'll consecrate yourself, holding nothing back, that you might be an earthly image of the invisible God, whose face we all long to see. Anyone who knows you, Paul, knows that the Lord has given you considerable gifts, And the Lord asks you to place them in the service of the church. He asks you to teach and preach, to console and admonish. He asks you to take up not only your own cross, as he asks all disciples to do, but the crosses of others as well, suffering with them and oftentimes suffering for them. Father Paul, love them madly, just as the Lord himself does. Now, as you throw yourself headlong into this inexplicably wonderful vocation, the holy priesthood of Jesus Christ, you're going to experience that it demands things that are far beyond your own natural, unaided abilities. It is, after all, the work of God. So how can you do it? How can you be the priest that he's asking you to be? I'm reminded of something my college roommate told me when we were just out of school. He was in New York City, and the woman who'd become his wife was in Colorado Springs. When he realized that the Lord was calling them to marriage, he jumped into his car. And you have to imagine, this is the biggest man you've ever seen. And the car was one of the smallest. He jumped into his car and just started driving. West from New York City, he stopped in Belleville, Illinois, to speak to her father, to ask his blessing. Then having received it, he got back into the car and just kept driving west, only stopping for gas and the occasional power nap. At the conclusion of his 1,800-mile road trip, he pulled up to the school where his wife-to-be taught 
got out and bent a knee and asked for her hand in marriage. When I asked how he was able to complete such a Homeric journey, he replied simply, I'm in love. And a man who is in love can do anything. A man who's in love can do anything. There it is, Father Paul. There it is. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Again, riffing on St. Catherine of Siena, throw yourself into that deep sea of God's love, that deep sea of his mercy. Find that the deeper you enter, the more you'll find. And the more you find, the more you'll seek. Fall deeper and deeper in love with the Lord and his holy bride, the church. Because a man who's in love can do anything. Most of all, lose yourself in the Eucharist. That font of holiness that you'll consecrate shortly on this holy altar. The body and blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord, whose minister you've now become. It's the sacrament of his mad and limitless love. A love which he now shares with you in an unmistakably sublime way. O priest of Jesus Christ.